You are listening to The Arrived Podcast, episode number four. Hey, gents, this is Bethany Reed Peterson of Atelier Reed, and you are listening to Arrived, the podcast dedicated to helping single guys bring their A-game home. In the show, we're going to deep dive and get real on how you guys can better host your mates, impress your dates, and crush your goals, all by making simple changes to your space and your habits. So if you want to come home knowing you've arrived, join me. Are you ready, gents? Let's do this. Hey guys, remember I said we were going to get real on how you guys can crush your goals? Well, today we're going to get real, real on crushing one of life's biggest challenges, divorce. I brought my dear friend David Waters onto the show today to chat openly about his experience as a single guy moving into a new space after his separation. While it was an admittedly difficult time for him, and rightly so, David credits getting through this transition back to single life in part on making his home a little sliver of silence, some wonderful records, and moreover, a highly personalized sanctuary in a bustling metropolis. David is a creative director who cut his teeth at some of the top branding agencies in London. He now lives in the States with clients on both coasts and has most recently worked with Adidas and Google to design and execute a number of their in-store brand experiences. David, as you'll learn, is an exceptionally intelligent guy and often thinks abstractly when it comes to any design challenge he approaches. And in hindsight, this even extended to his personal space when he moved into a blank canvas and started fresh at this point in his life. In his spare time, David is an avid amateur road cyclist and has completed some of the most grueling stages of the Tour de France. This is definitely a guy who can tackle a challenge head-on and with grace. Our conversation was a bit of a candid, rip-off-the-band-aid take on what it means to start again after separation and moving into a new space of one's own. But it's one that I think listeners will ultimately find incredibly rewarding, especially if they've gone through this transition themselves. As ever, without further ado, let's crack on speaking with David. David, welcome to the show. I am so honored to have you on Arrive today. Yeah, of course. Thanks for the invite. Thank you so very much for coming on and talking rather openly and candidly about some of the tough topics that we're going to cover today. Divorce is never an easy process, and this extends to the home as well as one's personal relationships because for obvious reasons, one's home life is so very disrupted in the process of separation. I was able to first see your very first flat or apartment after your separation in Muswell Hill in North London. And while I know that you didn't consider that space the ideal living situation, I think you did such an amazing job of turning what was effectively, I think it was something like a 250 square foot room. And you took that space and you really made it a sanctuary of your own. And I can't help but think that just as with your work, You really creatively directed that space, much as you possibly would a creative brief. So maybe before we get too far down the garden path into the the scary topics and the weeds of divorce and what that can mean for one's living situation, maybe first tell me a little bit more about what it is you do and what your creative process is every day in your professional life. 
Yeah, I'm a creative director. I've been working in the design industry for 15, there about 15 years, around 15 years. For anyone who's not in the media world or the ad world, a creative director, to define that a little more, that is, um, I work in agencies, I manage and lead design teams, so groups of individuals who are designers, and lead and manage the accounts within the agencies. I currently work in an agency, but I have previously run my own design shop, taking on my own business. In terms of process, I think as I've gotten older, I have fewer, more well-used tools in my toolbox in that respect. I totally subscribe and love the IDEO design thinking model, which is basically the crossroads of understanding and playing in what the business need of a brief is, what the technology or the, the feasibility aspect of that final application is going to be, and then applying it to a to a human need. So making sure that you can, you're designing something or you're engineering a system, but if it's not answering a, a sort of basic human need, then why, why does it exist on the, on the planet? So playing in those spaces is that, that's kind of my go-to. And I was going to say for anyone who is maybe not in that world of agency life and who doesn't know what IDEO is, I will oh, definitely yeah. put that in the show notes for any listeners and they can get a, a little bit better idea of what IDEO does, for example. Yeah, they're definitely worth um, checking out if, if you haven't already. So in your, it sounds like what you're doing in your creative life and in your professional life is really thinking about a human-centered aspect of design, thinking about that human need and how can we fulfill human needs. In that regard, how have you then been able to carry that over into your personal life as it pertains to, and as it pertained, I should say, to that first living space after you separated? Were there any parallels or corollaries that were drawn there? Were you able to approach it as this in the same regard that you approach your professional life or is it totally separate? Um, you know, I think at the time it felt very separate. Um, and that's a great question. I, I, th I think, yeah, hindsight is a beautiful thing. And I think, you know, when I do look back at it and knowing that I was going to have this conversation with you today, I was wondering how, you know, my my sort of working life and, and this kind of uh, subject matter would, would play into each other. And I think, you know, to answer that question fully, I think much like design thinking has three pillars of, you know, the business, the technology and the human, my sort of life full stop, I've always kind of said that I have three pillars. It's like a three-legged stool, sometimes I refer to it. And if one of those legs get kicked, kicked a little harder than the others then I kind of fall down and the sky falls in so my personal three pillars would obviously be work we've we've talked about that um, I'm sort of passionate about and very fortunate to be um, operating in the industry that I that I do the other aspect would obviously be friends and family and you know my relationships throughout my life I've kind of tried to maintain and nourish and then cycling is the other is the third kind of pillar in my life that I'm very passionate about and it's not just riding to work or kind of a recreational thing. I kind of race and train and do all that kind of stuff. I'm one of those middle-aged men in Lycra kind of people. So th those are the kind of three pillars that I have much like design thinking. 
So I would say there's a relationship there, but only one that comes through hindsight. I, at the time, I didn't really draw much of a parallel, if that answers your question. So at the time, you weren't really thinking about approaching your new space, like you were approaching a creative brief. You weren't necessarily drawing that connection there. Yes and no, I suppose I did in a way at the time. And I'm probably much more so than I'm saying today, because I think the concept of a creative director creatively directing all of his life is kind of ridiculous. But at the same time, I probably did because I am a creative director. So I probably did. I definitely saw it as a as a as a new brief and a fresh start and you know when a client of ours or a new business opportunity approaches me I kind of have that same thing where at the beginning of that engagement I'm open to the possibility of what it could become and I try and go for the you know the richest example of what it final application it could be and I try and hang on to that as long as possible and in that sense that fresh start new clean sheet kind of aspect to redesigning your life is very similar to taking on a new client or a new brief in that respect. And I think it makes a lot of sense actually the fact that maybe you weren't like there was maybe this sort of not a polarity but a distinction between you actually thinking about your professional life and and maybe approaching the space as you would a, a professional brief but it's interesting now that you come now that you've kind of come full circle on that situation thinking about yeah actually in retrospect perhaps you did think about that space a little bit in that respect because you're right i mean when you are working so very closely every day on on creative briefs i, I have a there's a part of me that has a hard time thinking like, well, how, how as creatives do we not approach every situation, every challenge as, as a new brief or a new project to, to tackle from there? So I think we've kept listeners in the dark long enough about what exactly this space looks oh, like. Yeah. yeah. So I loved that space, I have to say. And I don't want to lead in too much and give too much away here because it's for you to chat about. But one of the things I will say right off the bat is that even though when we talked about this a little bit before about it being a smaller, almost studio-like setting, you did such an amazing job in that space of really carving out different zones of activity and different zones, I think, of your personal passions and your personalities. I mean, it was tiny. That's the first thing to say. It wasn't very big, but it was big enough. But it was it was also beautiful. It was a Victorian period house, Victorian terrace house, I should say, with like original sash windows and a really beautiful fireplace, which really helped. And then in terms of how I kind of addressed it, I think where to start with that, because, you know, you've mentioned the divorce aspect of it. I went into that space following a separation from somebody that I was with for a few years. And like all relationships, good and bad, it's sometimes really, or it's sometimes kind of like a self-discovery moment after that separation again. And that's a, that's a thing um, where you have to kind of find yourself again, because when you go into a relationship well, certainly I do. I can't speak for everyone, but you kind of let that other person in. So after a few years of cohabitation, whether you're married or not, you the lines get bled, and you can't set. You know, when it's great, you can't separate yourself from them. Always, you know, there's obviously points where you clearly can. But so I think for me, and going back to your earlier question about 
creative brief it was a it was a fresh start and you know after a sort of period of recovery and uh, sort of grief almost I went into the apartment and used it as a fresh start to identify myself and kind of remind myself that that had all these sort of strengths about my character and the interests that I was in and I, the the place that I lived in should support that. So that was working. I had a work desk that I was working on my own client work in that space. Obviously had a bed and, and a place to kind of completely go um, sort of relax and, and sort of not necessarily meditate, but kind of get a Zen moment. And then obviously I I'm a cyclist and as many cyclists that take it more seriously, I had a number of bikes that I needed to fit into that space as well. So, and all the other accoutrement that kind of go with that. So it was a really hard working space and it was kind of about zoning it and making sure that, you know, those three pillars were dialed up almost like a volume through different periods of the day. And that's kind of how I operated in that space. So during the daytime, if I was working in that space, it would feel like a cool design studio. And then in the evening, if I had friends or a company over, then it would feel like a cool, I tried to dress it like a kind of cool cocktail space. So that's kind of how I used it. I wish that I had snapped an image of it, or maybe, I don't know if you have any images of it, like maybe we can add them to the show notes. I appreciate it's hard for listeners to to know exactly what that looks like, but I think you've done a, a really excellent job of kind of showing with words, so to speak, what that space looked like and how you approached it. So maybe going a little bit further on that, if there are guys out there that are right now in your situation a few years ago when you moved into this space and it was totally fresh yeah. and it's kind of staring them at the face and it feels like this kind of blank white box, yeah. as it were. What might be some suggestions that you might offer in terms of how to go about thinking about designing that space to rebuild that sense of individual identity? And I should also caveat this by saying, I know that your situation was a divorce, but I don't want to make it sound like anyone who's gone through a breakup, that that isn't equally as, as much of a, a transition. Anytime you're sort of separating yourself from someone, that's, that's a big deal, especially when, when you are cohabiting. Yeah. I think to kind of build off what you just said, I, I think sort of caveating this whole conversation with the concept that whether you're married or not, separation is fucking tough. And I sound put together and at ease with talking about it, but it was a good few years ago now. So I kind of want to just lay that down. It wasn't as easy as just moving into an apartment and throwing some white paint on the wall. It was super tough. And I've kind of put all those emotions to bed long ago, but that should kind of be said. So if there are listeners out there going through similar, um, it is really tough. I think the thing that got me through it and the initial stages was just really solid friendship group that kind of really took me under their wing and, and kind of like made sure I was kind of doing the things I should be doing on a kind of basic human level. So definitely kind of reach out to people if you are kind of going through shit. It definitely helps to kind of um, get other people's support. So in terms of the actual space, I think, you know, as I kind of mentioned earlier, when you're in a relationship and I have lots of music, lots of records, that was obviously a passion for us back then. You know, even like separating out the record collection was like this horrible, like most people are aware of it, this kind of a horrible moment at the end of a relationship. And then, you know, books and paintings and pictures and all the rest of it. I think the way I handled it 
consciously or subconsciously was I I got rid of the stuff that I knew that I could get rid of that I knew that in five years time I wouldn't want anyway even if it felt like a rash decision I think the things that I was unsure about and the things that I definitely wanted to keep but didn't necessarily want to look at today because it, it was just like I need a fresh start I kind of just literally and metaphysically sort of put in a box and taped and some of that was a literal thing and I put it in the storage unit that I ha was able to access in that building and purposely put like an entire roll of gaffer tape around it in case I had one too many drinks and had the urge to go look at it. It was made, purposely made difficult to go look at. And then it was more about dressing that space with really maybe exaggerated to begin with. And then as, as I lived in it, it got more ped back, like illustrations of the things that I loved in life to kind of find my kind of joie de vivre again. And that would be like inspirational cycling images or I think I had a I think looking back I had like a retro like old 1950s cycling jersey up in a frame I had I installed a like a little edge shelf so I could like have the record that was playing at the time up on the wall and it was kind of like you're in a kind of cool cafe cafe kind of vibe to it that you know I don't know if that makes sense and then in the other kind of part of the room, I'd kind of dressed it in with like, I also kind of strangely have a lot of taxidermy and odd curiosities. So I kind of dressed the fireplace as if it was kind of like a cocktail bar. So I kind of tried to amplify or turn up the volume of the things that I kind of found joy in, I suppose, and put to bed the things that had any kind of connection to that person, not because I wanted, wished ill of them. It was just more about finding myself again. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think you, I think you bring up a really good point of really dialing in on the elements that bring you joy, the joy de vivre, bringing that really into your life. Yeah, and super important. For you, it was, you know, it was the records, it was the illustrations, it was the curiosities and the curios and things. And I think that that, I mean, that's something that I would absolutely be saying to clients or listeners out there myself is to really think about, well, in any space, really, you, you want to, you, you inject your own personality in it to make it really feel like you've come home and you've arrived. But I think especially when you are going through this process of, of separation, from a partner, it's really important to take those elements or, you know, whether it's elements that you already own or, you know, maybe you go out and you buy new things just depending upon what the situation allows and just dialing in on that. So I think that's a really important point to make. And I think also too, the fact that, you know, you've, I know you are a very keen cyclist. I know it's a real passion of yours. And I know that that was something too, I think, I think you displayed your medals from, previous cycling competitions and things yeah you? not in a sort of e egotistical way more in just a kind of like they were kind of um as any road cyclist is probably aware i'm obsessed with uh rafa the rafa brand out of north london originally so kind of supporting my hometown roots as well i think i was in one of their cafes and they had like some cycling caps and old medals and race numbers displayed in this really cool way and i was like that would look really awesome because i have all of that stuff under my bed um why don't i make a thing of it and celebrate it and that's kind of found some really cool frames and kind of put it up and i th i think in you know if you're fortunate enough to have a kind of big white wall that stuff looks great so yeah 
Well, I think even more importantly, the fact is that those were personal achievements. And I know this was an individual hobby for you. So it's a way to sort of celebrate the individuality. Yeah, of course. Which I think is really a wonderful thing. So, I mean, I would definitely say, like, I would definitely encourage guys to go out and like think about the things that, what are your personal individual hobbies and how can you display them, whether that's a literal thing in the space, or you can think about how you can abstractly celebrate and nurture those hobbies within the space that I suppose make make it feel like more your own, um, yeah. whether you're renting or maybe it's a new flat that you bought, it, whatever it might whatever it might be. Yeah. I mean, the, the other thing I did was I, um, I found this really awesome, like wardrobe is the British word. I'm not sure. It's probably called a closet in America. I found this really awesome wardrobe that was, I don't know, maybe 1940s, 50s wooden chest thing that was, I don't know, about seven, eight foot in height. Had lots of drawers and keep like drawers and little pockets within the cabinet on one side that I could keep all my kind of like, you know, I want to say male accessories. That sounds weird, but I mean like, you know, cufflinks and ties and belts and tie clips and jewelry and stuff. And I think that cabinet really helped me celebrate the kind of act of getting ready to go out as a single man again in a weird way so that was a I'm kind of haven't thought about this apartment for such a long time and I realized there was a kind of another character in the room and that 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 was it I really love that actually firstly I think that you come on to such an amazing point and I feel like I talk about this in every episode but it's because I think it is so important and I think you illustrate this so very well which is having an element of ceremony or ritual in your space whatever it is you're doing where at whatever point you are in your life. So I've talked about this previously when I've when it comes to a meditation space and I think especially when you are coming into your own as an individual again and not that you're not when you're partnered but it is a different thing. So when you are in a space that is truly your own again for the first time after a separation, I think especially Especially, it's important to create a sense of ritual that really celebrates your independence and celebrates you being single and celebrates the fact that you're going to go out on the town with your friends and have a great drink. And I love the fact that you're putting, that you did, you know, you put records on and, you know, and not only that, but like, these are things that made you feel really good. And I think that's something that is, I think that when any of us separates from someone in whatever circumstance that might be. I think there's a part of us that thinks that we shouldn't feel good for a very long time. And I think this is a really wonderful way. And it's a really wonderful reminder that not only should you try to feel good, at least for a little bit, even if things are really difficult, but it's, it's a wonderful way to celebrate yourself again. Yeah. And I think, you know, that ritual or that kind of, uh, process of get, getting ready to go out when you've, you know, you're ready obviously you have to be ready for that after a separation it sometimes does feel weird and it feels kind of outer body ish and obviously at the beginning it was kind of forced and maybe I was blasting Mick Jagger to just to give me a boot in the bum to get out the door but the more I kind of did it the more I found that was actually almost the best bit of the day in a way just having that record and you being your own DJ and listening to that one track that's going to get you kind of in the vibe of the evening is kind of a fun, fun way to live, especially in a city like London. Okay. So David, can I ask you a really tough question? Yeah, sure. And I asked this partially because I've gone through this in separations from relationships past. I think there's always, 
a point, no matter how well you design your own space, no matter how well curated it is to you, there's always going to be some point during this transition back to single and fabulous, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you will. (laughs) What did you do when inevitably you came home and there was that moment of aloneness? aloneness? How did you handle that? Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, um, I, I don't know that there's one answer. It's a tough question, like you say. I mean, I'm not going to lie, it was, that stuff's a suffer fest. You know, coming, coming into an apartment by yourself on a Sunday night can be kind of really lonely. For me, there was always, it was always kind of like a two-sided coin with that because on some days yeah you would definitely feel super alone and down on yourself and all the rest of it I think the flip side of it as a, as a Londoner bopping around various areas of London it was actually kind of nice going back to an apartment by myself and having that solace that was self-created and knowing that there was a space in a very busy city that I could say that's mine and I know that I knew that everything was kind of ordered and quiet and fairly peaceful in a way that I was very fortunate enough to have that so while there was definite days you know on a Sunday night I would feel you know the you know the Sunday scaries added with that with being kind of like by yourself I would also say that having a well-designed space in a really busy city is is kind of the antidote to the city living in a way and I kind of purposely made it as kind of I don't want to use the word zen because I don't necessarily think I'm very zen but very kind of like calm and it kind of was this respite or this kind of like soundproofed parcel in a really busy city and you know so that that helped if that kind of answers your question. I think that makes a lot of sense and just to get out and just to enjoy the city and enjoy your environment, even if it's not your internal or I should say your your home environment as well. It's a really important point. I actually the one thing I did find was this awesome secondhand copy of a of a book called One Room Living. I'm sure you can buy it on Amazon now. And it was like this little nineteen sixties book about how to kind of they had like floor plans of like how you engineer a space to kind of do all the things you need it to so i that was that was a good help i think or at least it was kind of fascinating i will put that in the show notes because it sounds <laughs> i mean i haven't read the book but it sounds amazing and i'll definitely add it, was, it to the show I, notes I, for I think, listeners I, yeah i don't know whether it was more the 1960s design of it that i was more drawn to or the actual content but you I'm know, sure it's, it's available at your probably, local library probably both <laughs> So you've been talking about records and again, I think the suspense is going to kill listeners. Like, so what kind of records were you listening to? What were like, what was like your favorite record to put on? Back then and, you know, still to this day, but back then, I guess I was listening to a lot of Northern Soul, reggae stuff, early Stones, Garage Rock, Billy Childish, that kind of thing. It's kind of a, if anyone listening is aware of the Dirty Water Club in North London, I was kind of there every Friday. So it was that kind of thing. Sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, <laughs> it was a great place. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I think too, weren't you like listening to the band Television quite a bit at that time? Yeah, I mean, always since arts, I discovered that band in art school. So yeah, that's always kind of stayed with me and still with me. Yeah. I mean, I think I think just to say, just music. I, I mean, mean, yeah. I mean, if there's an antidote that will get you out of anything, music will. For it really sure. will. Yeah. yeah. So I think to answer your earlier question you know I found solace in music just as much as my space and I think that was a big thing you know absolutely yeah for sure so David if listeners want to learn more about you and that could be either your creative work it could be your cycling lifestyle it could be anything where can guys find you well, anyone can find me on, it's davidwaters.co. So that's David and then W-A-T-E-R-S dot C-O. And I will definitely put that in the show notes. So just to reiterate, guys, it's davidwaters.co, not dot com. Don't want you to go into the wrong website. David, this has been such an amazing conversation. I, you know, no doubt it's been probably difficult at times. It's probably difficult even for some listeners to, to listen to as well, because I know we're kind of like opening the lid on a tough topic here. But I think you have been so incredibly helpful at providing guys a sense of direction that they need when it comes to like thinking about the creative design of their space when they're transitioning back to that single life again. So thank you so much for all of your insights today. One thing I always ask my guests at the end of each episode is what is one tip that guys out there can do to come home knowing they've arrived? I would say when I think back to that space, given it was a one room a studio apartment and I was everything was kind of on display as it were I would say those little really highly functional items in your life so that might be a razor or some of your cycling tools or you know your track pump for example think about finding finding a version of those things that both visually appealing to you and also you know a great example of product design or something like that doesn't necessarily mean you have to spend a fortune you know you can find some awesome stuff these days you know or or kind of go the vintage route but if you're staring at it if, if you come into your one room space and it you know you've had a busy day in the city and then suddenly you're surrounded by kind of like everyday items it might not feel as grand as it could as if you'd kind of found that beautiful version of a thing if that makes sense so when you come into that space they you almost celebrate the everydayness rather than have to squirrel it away and hide it and then the space itself then becomes less functional so finding a great version of a of a very everyday object would be my my advice i love that i think coming from the creative director I think that's such a perfect response, really, to come home feeling like you've arrived. I, I would say that, you know, there's that old design cliche, form follows function. But I think what you're really saying here is to go out and find those pieces where form and function are beautifully aligned. Also, too, on a minor level, this sort of subliminal celebration of self and celebration of your passions and your individuality. So I think that's a fantastic tip to wrap up on. Thank you so much, David, for coming onto the podcast today. I know that you have been a huge help to the guys out there who are transitioning through this process as well. And I 
appreciate your candor. So thank you so much for coming on Arrived. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Arrived. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast and your space is feeling a little more like a crash pad than a home, not to worry. I'm here for you, gents. Join me over at atelierreed.com slash arrived to work with me one-to-one on a design action plan to help you bring your A-game home. That's A-T-E-L-I-E-R-W-R-E-D-E dot com slash arrived. So what are you waiting for? Let's do this. I'll see you next time, guys. Have a great week.